Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and I have with me Derek Gallimore, the CEO of Outsource Accelerator, one of the top BPO marketplaces, operators, and advisors. His company helps businesses build and manage offshore teams. Derek is a vocal advocate of offshore staffing and its tremendous benefits. On today's episode, we'll discuss how Derek conceptualized Outsource Accelerators and how outsourcing benefits global businesses. He's also going to forecast the future of outsourcing in the post-COVID era. Earlier, I kind of touched on like automation and, and outsourcing, right? And I think those, well, I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to ask your opinion on it because you're the professional here. So do you think automation and outsourcing are, are mutually exclusive? Do you think there's some synergies there? Uh, yeah, absolute synergies. You know, um, uh, there's there's a joke going around that, you know, like, why do you need a VA when you've got Alexa and Siri and you know, it's like our VAs use Alexa and Siri. So, you know, it, it the humans are controlling the machines. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I've read all the books, I've listened to all the podcasts about super AI, about singularity, about, um, you know, algorithms taking over the world. That is like focusing completely on a one in a thousand year meteor. You know, a meteor strike could happen. It could wipe out the planet. That is a reality. But in the meantime, we still get on with our businesses. We still do the day-to-day stuff. If uh, AI, automation, uh, RPA all become so big that it wipes out significant numbers of jobs, then it will not just be an outsourcing issue. This is a global issue. You know, we know that automation is, is potentially taking away 4 million driving jobs in the U.S., over the next few years, um, they also estimate that it could take away about 10 to 15 million jobs in um, shop checkouts and stuff like that. Um, this is happening globally. Yet, you know, with all of this automation, you know, you, you go into car factories now and they used to employ tens of thousands of staff and there are robots doing those jobs. So this has been happening for decades. Uh, and yet, apart from COVID, we're still at record low unemployment levels. Uh, so, you know, the economy marches on, people find other things to do, you know, and uh, we, the world does not need baristas, you know, coffee makers. There can be a machine that does that. No problem. You know, we can fly rockets to Mars. You do not need baristas, but they're still in place because people still appreciate the human touch, the human contact. Um, so, it, it's certainly something the industry is looking at. Uh, it's certainly something the industry is embracing. Uh, and this industry is actually called business process outsourcing. And it's the whole industry is singularly focused on making more efficient business processes. Uh, and that includes automation. It includes um, you know, machine learning, AI, and things like that. But um, it's certainly not going to wipe out offshore staffing in the next 10 to 20 years, um, you know, it, it, it's still a, a big, big industry. Yeah. I would think if it, if it was to take out the industry, it would take out other industries here as well. Right. I mean, it's not, it wouldn't be just happening in, in, in a certain area. It would happen everywhere if that was going to, if that was the situation, but I don't think I, I agree with that. I like that the humans kind of run the machines, right. At least mm-hmm. for now, at least while people listen to this podcast, they do. Um, so what, um, so what other, I'm trying to think of regard, like, I'm trying to think of like, so for companies in regards to either um, automation or outsourcing, like what factors should companies consider when they're looking at the two different options? Yeah, look, um, 
most most businesses you know are under 10 to 50 people it's only four percent of businesses that make it to a million dollars it's only four percent of those that make it to 10 million dollars when you are a small young new business you need to be agile you need to be building you need to be exploring you need to be uh um you know testing and those all of those things you know high growth environments um sort of frequently changing environments are not suited to automation. Um, you know, you can spend a long, long time on automation, on building processes. And then if something changes, you have to break those all apart, rebuild them. The reality is in small businesses, you need high caliber, agile, innovative, autonomous staff that can all individually act very sort of autonomously, uh, very quickly, very efficiently in building processes. And this is the whole, you know, Silicon Valley um, uh, lean startup methodology. There is no way, you know, even in Clubhouse that's worth a billion dollars, there can be zero automation in that because they are just changing week by week, month by month. Um, when, you know, for um, Warren Buffett, if you're listening, you know, for the 50-year-old the businesses, for the businesses with 10,000 people, those, those big businesses that have maybe 100 people in a room doing the same process and they've been doing that exact same process for five years, then automate the hell out of that. You know, you, it, it's a stable, high repetition um, process and that can be automated. For smaller businesses, for high growth, for high change businesses, you need um, very competent, very capable staff, a very flat structure very autonomous staff um, that can work not as your sort of simple little underling, but that can work beside you uh, and add value to the organization and help you go on those sprints and build the organization. Once it's stabilized, then yeah, look, you know, and look, every business always needs to look for efficiencies. You don't want to be inefficient with your processes, um, but it, it's kind of a balance. And also, you know, you don't need to do that for your for your underlings. You get your high caliber team, and then all of them are building inefficiencies and optimizations and things like that. Uh, it, it's kind of a group um, process. Yeah, no, I see that. I, I hear it, and obviously we we understand that. Or at least my company does. What would be, in your opinion, obviously being the expert here, um, how will automation impact outsourcing in the future? Do you think like what? Because we touched on it maybe a little bit, but I want to kind of maybe dive a little deeper into that. Yeah, look, I, you know, if there is this super AI in about 50 years, it's going to change everything. You know, in theory, you know, cancer will be solved. Uh, gravity won't be an issue anymore. Flying to Mars will do it every day. You know, it will solve every single issue under the sun. Basic uh, automation, though, you know, we have huge numbers of staff in the Philippines that are doing the um, uh, autonomous vehicle AI. Um, it's called, you know, annotation, uh, AI annotation. And literally tens of thousands of staff here in the Philippines are sitting on computers with images in front of them, in front of them and identifying an image of a street. You know, this is a lamppost. This is a car. This is a, a dog. Um, and uh, 
it is still humans behind all of that. Will it learn eventually? Maybe. But the AI and automation at the high end is still so, so basic. Um, you would not believe, you know, and, and a more sort of consumer sort of aspect of that is chatbots. You know, we all remember the sort of chatbot um, sort of phase about three years ago. And it was very limited, you know, because it's not AI you're talking to. It's almost like, a, you know, when you used to phone your bank and it's like press number one if you want to talk to accounts and number two if you want to talk to sales. Chatbots were no more advanced than that, um, but it was just in a different format and everyone got a little bit excited. But there is no, no intelligence behind these things. Um, but, you know, the industry, there is incredible advancement. You know, we work uh, with a Silicon Valley uh, startup that is neutralizing accents we work with another startup that is adding sort of AI into chat interfaces so that you can tell um, the, the sort of engagement levels, the, the interest, the heat, the, and you know, the sort of structure of the conversations you're having with people. So there are, there are incredibly valuable tools coming through, you know, and even like Otter AI, um, which transcribes conversations as you have them, all of these are incredibly valuable tools and make all of the processes um, more streamlined. But the reality is as well, you know, um, all of the tools you have in the US, uh, the Filipinos are growing up with and have exactly the same as well. So um, they're starting from, you know, we're all using the same tools and all of those things, the high caliber people and the tools uh, and people that know how to use those tools can all work towards building you a better business. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like, it's as AI gets smarter, but so will the people get smarter, right? And I think if those things can, they're working, they can work side by side, right? And the whole, the whole goal is to better your processes, look at your efficiencies and see what you can do. And software has played an, an intricate role in that and, and helping humans make better decisions and be able to do bigger things. So I, I also don't think it's gonna, you know, I mean, we'll be 50, 100 years away from, I think anything major happening where it would take anything out, but I do think it's going to be interesting in the fact that it can work inside by side with people um, obviously just makes things more efficient. And it is so you know, it, another, another example as well is things are always changing. You know, the, the, the land underneath us is always changing. We're working with a multi-billion dollar US client at the moment. Uh, and they have an accounts issue. They've just changed ERP. Um, and they have thousands of invoices outstanding. Now, this is a, a company that's, you know, decades old, very sophisticated, super successful, high value company, but this thing has cropped up and it needs solving, you know, and, and it takes staff and a good process and a good team that helps architect that solution to sort that out, you know, and these things will be occurring all the time. Um, and even from a hundred years from now, you know, there's going to be, oh my God, uh, we've stuffed up the invoicing. We need to go back and through and do that. Um, so it's amazing. You know, even, even after we've been going 2000 years in business and we're still stuck on the invoicing problem, you know? <laughs> right. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So what would be um, any advice you have for companies that are not sure whether to, to outsource or whether they should automate? What is, what's, your, what's your intel behind that? Uh, do, do both. Do both, you know, um, and get your offshore team to automate, um, you know, and yeah. get your offshore team to build those processes. Uh, automation is super valuable, um, but it can also lead you down sort of erroneous paths. 
Um, so definitely do both. Look, you want to have an efficient business with efficient processes. So eradicate all waste. Um, and that's whether people are doing it or computers or anything like that. Um, and, you know, that is, that is always forefront of mind. Um, but then also, you know, with business, with growth, 50% of it is actually testing and exploring and doing tests that don't work out. And that is inherently inefficient. You know, so um, I think we can only get so far down the path of efficiency before, before you know, you just kind of shut everything down kind of thing. So but yeah. short answer, do, do both. Yeah, no, that makes total sense, right? Because they can work side by side. And I think they're probably best hand, working hand in hand on things. So cool. This is, this is, I call this the fun section. And I, I say this on every podcast. I would like to think this was even fun before this section, but you know, it's, it's up for, for it's all debatable, all I'm, debatable. I'm even more excited now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I knew you were excited. Now we're next level excitement. This is, this is the kind of stuff we bring on the podcast. It's nothing but heat. Um, but if there was one place, and I'm, I'm especially interested to hear your, your opinion on this, or at least where you would go because you've been you're so well-traveled. Where's one place in the world that you, if you could get there for free, that you would travel to and why? And be, there'd be no COVID, by the way, just so you know, you can actually yeah, just, you can frolic. Problem now, isn't it? Uh, Bhutan, actually, Bhutan, but it's a, it's a small sort of state uh, and has previously sort of been locked up and very few foreigners allowed in. Uh, it is now open, um, but of course, that's more complicated with uh, covid um, but I'm actually trying to to get over there, um, and it's just a fantastic kind of mystical country, full of sort of monks that are like endlessly pleased with their lives and just down to earth, uh, and incredible sort of geography and scenery. So that's definitely top on my list once we can start traveling again. Nice, nice, nice. You know, I've heard of it. You know, it's so funny. I actually had another guest that told me that was the city that were the country they would want to go to. So I was kind of like, Oh, interesting. I, I mean, who knew I've heard of it, but I don't know. I mean, let's see, my geography is pretty bad anyways, but um, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check it out for sure. It sounds like it's, yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm actually Googling it now because I know very little about it, but it's, um, it's a Buddhist kingdom in the Himalayas. Do you need to know any more than that? How no, cool is that? That sounds sinful already. Like that's, and it's a very, it's a very small population and, and they're all, they're almost sort of communist, um, but kind of highly educated, happy yeah. population. Happy. Heard about those places. That's awesome. So how about this? I've got, what would, what would your superpower be if you could have one superpower? And I know you don't make it strength or something. Cause I know you work out and stuff. Give me something, give me something good. What would be your superpower? You're already partly Superman. So give me something, oh give me gosh. something better. Well, maybe, uh, I don't know. Can you, can you, can you go intelligence? Can I have uh, yeah, super intelligence? Why not? Of course. Let's do I mean, that. And then I can build all the AI and uh, ah, take over there we go there we go and then you can tank it <laughs> no, exactly <I'm> <laughs> that's awesome i like that good intelligence that's, that's awesome so what about any are there any like favorite books or podcasts that you've listened to that have either shaped your career or your personality is there anything that you've that you're like man this book i mean you talk about tim ferris i think he changed not single-handedly but i know he definitely changed the the virtual assistant and kind of like the 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 likelihood of people hiring one or at least, you know, enlightening them. Um, what would be, is there any podcast book? What, what's, what do we got? Yeah. You know, books, I, I read a lot. I, I listen to, to them all. Um, and Chris Voss's uh, Never Split the Difference is, is a very good recent one. Um, Yuval Harari, Noah, Yuval Harari is, is fantastic with his, which is uh, uh, Sapiens and Homo Deus. 
uh, and Jordan Peterson with 12 Rules of Life and his, his second one, 12 More Rules of Life. Um, they're all incredible books. Um, you know, Sapiens and, and Homo Deus are, is incredible. And it talks exactly about what we've spoken about today with um, robots taking over the world and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I listen to a huge amount of podcasts. I probably listen to far too many podcasts for my own good. Um, <laughs> and yeah, get, get incredible sort of insight from those as well. Yeah, lots of information. I, I love, you know, so funny, I, I, this podcast. And I, for the longest time, didn't listen to a lot of podcasts. Because, you know, the thing for me is, I love the information, but I, I want to write it down. And then I'm like, oh, and then I would stop it. And then I like listen to 80 podcasts and I'd be halfway through because there's some knowledge and things that I needed to write down. They finally said, you know what? I'm just going to just, just soak it in, you know? And if I pick up a few things here and there, that's awesome. I don't need to write everything down and go and look it up and do this. And so I, you know, cause I'm, I'm very much an audible type person, like when mm -hmm. it comes to books, if I go to sit down and read a book. Um, I'm thinking about what I need to do. You know, I'm always in fifth and sixth gear. I'm not like, it's hard for me to just disconnect. I actually listen to audible books on my, in my car. Like I'll drive somewhere just to listen to my audible book. Oh. Like my son and I went to Southern California and we lit, listened to an audible book there and an audible back. So anyways, that's for me, that way I can kind of focus. I'm just driving. I don't need to think about too much, too many other things and just listen to it. But, it's great, isn't it? When I, when I took up, you know, listening to podcasts, I thought I was super sophisticated and all that. But now I think kind of maybe, you know, my mum listens to Talkback Radio and that's been happening for 60 years. And maybe this is just kind of the old person's Talkback Radio, you know? It's, yeah, uh, it's crazy absolutely. Repeat. Absolutely. Well, Derek, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I absolutely appreciate you being a part of this. Um, and thank you so much for talking about the company and kind of what you guys have created and what you guys have built. Um, and if anybody wants to reach out to you and get more information on the company, where can they get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm super excited about offshore staffing, outsourcing, and people should just give it a go. Um, we uh, come to outsourceaccelerator.com. You can get three free quotes, uh, look around 750 suppliers, and also reach out to me, have a chat, and also in the quote, you know, say that Shane sent you. Uh, and we'll give you special care and attention. You can email me, which is Derek, D-E-R-E-K, outsourceaccelerator.com. And before we wrap up the conversation today, I'd like to take a minute to talk to my listeners. Automation is a huge part of digital marketing. So if you need help leveraging automation in your digital marketing campaign, my expert team can help you. In fact, we can handle end-to-end -end digital marketing campaigns as well, including SEO, influencer marketing, content marketing, and online PR. For more information, check out our website, shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com. And with that, it's time to say goodbye to Derek. Thanks, Derek. You have some great insights there. I'm sure now my listeners won't worry about investing in offshore staffing. For my listeners, thanks for tuning in today. If you're interested in outsourcing effectively, get in contact with Derek. His expert team can provide you with three free quotes for your requirements. But don't go too far. There's a lot I've planned for you folks. So stay tuned for another exciting conversation soon.